Real Whiskey Real presents Judgment Day. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast that you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed are merely for comedy purposes. This is your Judgment Day. We all go a little mad sometimes. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Time to play. Friends, welcome to Judgment Day. In this podcast, I invite one of my loveliest friends to inform them that today is, in fact, the end of times. They have shuffled off this mortal coil, and it's up to me to decide whether they ascend to paradise or burn forever in a lake of fire. What no one knew was, God is a total cinephile, and I, Bobbeth Van Noyes, have been chosen to ask a series of questions about the movies that meant the most to them. Their taste in films will be the ultimate test, determining their eternal fate. You guys, I'm lucky enough to be joined today with one of my favorite humans. You guys probably know him as Grandpa Joe or Cousin Bobby. To me, he's just John Brown. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. Good to hear your voice. It's been too long. I know. We're doing a remote thing. We've never actually done this before. It's great to hear your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We've been talking about doing something like this for um, uh, years. Years and years. I'm well, glad that God reached to you and, yeah. <laughs> and got this thing going. Yeah, that's exactly how this all happened. That's very believable. I love. <laughs> I I require a little bit of a buy-in from the audience. <laughs> sure. On sure. the concept, I uh, you know it, it's a concept that uh, took me a few months to come up with, <laughs> which is really sad. <laughs> and then a very famous podcaster after I started baking episodes, came up with the exact same concept, but yep. Yep. Uh, I will not mention that podcast. I, got, <laughs> I don't appreciate foreign podcasts. So. I got, Oh, he's, <laughs> I guess technically, yeah, it's foreign. <laughs> yeah. But the difference between my podcast and his podcast is that his podcast has listeners. So right. That will be right. Yeah. Right. This is just uh, this is just basically us catching up. This is yeah, more <laughs> which we never actually do. We don't. So, little background: uh, John Brown and I met. Oh God, seventeen years ago, probably. Yeah. In uh, yeah. in Biloxi, Mississippi. Of all places. Of all places, and that was fascinating. We were both in the United States Air Force. I think we were both about a year away from not being in the Air Force. Correct. Thank you, Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. Thank you, Hurricane Katrina. And oh, speaking of hurricanes, we'll have to, I'll have to get a little uh, check in from you on how you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it, uh, it, it, it blew through just a few days ago. Now you're up, you're farther up north in St. Augustine. Right. So yeah. where where was the real shit happening? So the real shit, like the category five shit would be uh, like Southwest, like uh, South of Tampa. Um, Sanibel Island, I think got the worst uh, of it. So I don't think that little Island exists anymore. Oh God. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we just got a, a bit of flooding. I live uh, pretty close to the coast in St. Augustine and uh, we got a pretty big surge 
I had a little bit of flooding and stuff, but no, I had power the whole time. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to hear it. I guess our friends yeah. in Bradenton probably are fucked. Oh, yeah. They're done. They're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've just disbanded. It's just, yeah, it's just toxic meth everywhere. <laughs> just meth running through the streets right now. Someone had to put out those trailer fires. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should make fun of our friends in Bradenton. For we still weirdly get plenty of listens down there. Someone down weird, there loves yeah, that us. That was a weird little phenomenon that happened. And we had some uh, uh, some cousin Bobby fans, I think. You know, I wonder really if that actually is it. <laughs> like we said, Bradenton on the podcast, and then <laughs> you're huge in Florida because of Bobby. Well, you seem like you understand the concept pretty well. I had to walk Danny through it a little bit, so. I'm going to ask you questions, a series of 12. Um, I did not write these questions. I've been told they were written by each of the apostles. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, I know. I don't know which one wrote which, honestly. I got a, I got a feeling uh, uh, Mr. John is kind of a egomaniac. He probably did a couple of them. I actually found out, and I didn't know this, that in the Bible, all of those are basically ghost-written those apostles oh, yeah. didn't write oh, any of that shit. It seems like yeah. something we should base our government on. Yeah, base everything in life. And I- <laughs> Every white person should follow these rules. Every single white person. The brown <laughs> None people, of these they don't rules care. rules were written by a white person. But- <laughs> <laughs> All right, John Brown, question the first. What is the first film that you remember seeing, either in at home or in the cinema? in the theater yeah so uh back in the 80s i uh i was i grew up very poor but we would get um a few channels and one of them was a very staticky hbo um so that was really nice so uh, it's it's between two movies i couldn't determine which one was earlier so um i'll go with the earliest movie which was uh legend um oh. with uh tom cruise mia sarah um freaky ass movie for a, a kid to see kind of a scary movie yeah scary um and there's some you know, like weird sexuality to it yeah everything in the 80s seemed to have some sort of weird <laughs> sexuality <laughs> it. um it did yeah it was like uh i think mia sarah was probably under 18 oh god yeah. i don't know i hope not because <laughs> yeah, i, I still watch time. that movie sometimes <laughs> in the wrong way um <laughs> she yeah, almost invented it, it is, goth it, it is creepy but you know what's weird is um i don't think i realized that movie was creepy until later even with uh uh tim curry um because you know like i was so obs- like obsessed um it, it's been the one obsession i've like generally had throughout life with like jim henson and the muppets and and um uh i was really obsessed with fraggle rock at the time too and it was like I started watching that movie and realizing that like the like the puppetry in it, like the costumes and the, the fake characters, I would guess, like that are just voiced, um, like had empathy for humans. And it was the first time I saw that. And I was like, oh, and it just made my imagination kind of go crazy. Right. Um, so it, it, I don't know. It, it's a I haven't watched it in a while. I, you know, I don't know. I doubt it holds up, but it was fun. It's fun. And you said there was a second one that you couldn't decide on yeah the other one was space balls um <laughs> i remember yeah i just remember and having uh pro- <laughs> probably like the reaction you had to the actual star wars i had to space balls 
because I'd seen it before Star Wars. So that's a kind of an interesting little take on it. But I, yeah. I mean, I fell in love with uh, Mel Brooks. That day. It's weird to watch a parody of something you've never seen. Yeah. And it, I mean, I remember just, it was like immediately, it was maybe the you know first or second movie I saw. And it was like, this is, this is mine forever. Right. Absolutely. It is yours forever. Um, that I, I don't think Mel Brooks works anymore. Obviously he's an old man and it doesn't matter, but I don't know that right. his style works for people, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he would be punk rock today. If he he would be punk rock today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he just took the Jewish thing to a level that uh, I think was uh, borderline unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she doesn't look Jewish. (laughs) Spaceballs is a pretty great movie. It's again, there's some, you know, as as our as in any Mel Brooks film, there's some moments that are kind of cringy and uncomfortable. And I mean, my favorite yeah. line in the movie is one of the most racist lines in the history of film. Is it "We ain't found shit"? Yeah, we ain't found yeah. shit. <laughs> we ain't found shit. And they're carrying a pick. <laughs> With their combing They've the got desert. a comb, like which is yeah, and then yeah. And they're trying to which pick. Which at the time, the you know, when I'm seeing it, I'm just like, oh, of course they're combing the desert. <laughs> even register that it was a yeah. Oh man, that's pretty fucking funny. Question of the second, John Brown. And I'm gonna ask you to answer one of these as cousin Bobby at some point. Or we'll just bring in cousin Bobby and he can answer for himself. Yeah. What is the movie that scared you most? Do you like scary movies? So yeah, I'm not a huge like I'm not a I'm not a horror fan. Um I I like movies like, I mean, you know me, like I like, um, like I love the Evil Dead movies. I like that campy horror. Like I love like, uh, what was the one that, um, Cabin in the Woods? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like shit like that. Like the goofy, like scary. Like I can get into stuff like the Babadook, but I'm not like a horror fan. Sure, like slasher. Yeah, I'm not a slasher fan. Yeah. All right. Well, what Um, what does scare you then? uh, yeah, when I was a kid, like I, I grew up really religious, and The Omen um, oh. was the scariest fucking movie to me. That is the right um, answer. That is yeah, a fucking it, scary. Like, movie. Just the thought of it, like I didn't even have to watch it when I heard about it. I was like, no, no. Uh, uh, what is the then, gentleman's uh, name that just passed that got his head cut off in The Omen? Which is one of the worst things I saw as a child. Yes, when the yes. panes of glass fly out and just take his head off. Exactly. Yeah, and he was the devil in um, Time Bandits. It, just a fantastic oh, David actor. Warner, David Warner. David right? Warner uh, played yes. Jack the Ripper in Time After Time. Like, kind he of a, is one of the. Uh, and I think he's isn't he the good guy in Omen? Yeah, he's, he's the still, guy that's helping Gregory fuck, Peck out. He is a great like villain, bad guy, creep. Yes, hundred percent. He's the only, uh, you know, other than the drownings, he's the greatest part of Titanic. Okay. <laughs> is he in Titanic? Yeah, he's yeah, he's like a yeah, he's a he's a shitbag in Titanic. He's a great shitbag. Yeah, I do have a rule that I haven't told anyone else yet. But the first person uh-huh. that brings up Titanic as an answer, they're going to hell. They're going to be my first person to go to hell. We're stopping the podcast. <laughs> Unless it's like, what is the movie you fucking can't stand and never should have right. been made? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I have a really shitty story about Titanic and I haven't seen it since it was in the theater. 
and I have no intention of seeing it again. No, the omen's yeah. a great answer. The score, the opening scene is fucking terrifying when the maid or the housekeeper or whatever she is, nanny. Yeah, the nanny. Oh, yeah, and she jumps out the window and says, I love you, Damien, or something like that. Like, Good God, yeah. And I'm just watching yeah, this with my it's family. Horrifying. And then the kid they picked. Oh, my God. Ugh. I'd like to see a follow-up documentary on what happened to that poor fucker. Yeah, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah, that's around the time that all the, all those kid actors and these horror films, were they were getting all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, the little girl from Poltergeist, you know, that was a tragic, mm-hmm. tragic thing. Um, Didn't I, some shit happen with uh, the actress from Exorcist? Um, well, she went on to have a really shitty career. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> I don't think Linda Blair was ever in anything good after that. I don't, I mean, how do you follow that up? All right. Question of the third, John Brown. What so-called bad movie do you absolutely love? It's not a critical darling, but you think those people are crazy. Yeah. This is, the, the, this is one that I had a, like a really hard time with. Really? Because I could name like 20 movies that you love that suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Sure. I, lo- I, I do. Like, I, I, um, I, I, you know what? I, I don't know if it was a critical darling. This one just popped in my head. I don't think this was going to be my answer, but this just popped in uh, Phenomenon with John Travolta. That's interesting. Like it I've been a, it's was, not like a good movie, right? Like, it's not, but I think it was popular when it happened, right? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 but I can still watch it. Like, I, I love, like, John Travolta to me is the, he's Captain Overactor. Like, he, he is, but there's movies that he's in that I just adore. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of that movie. I love, like, the questions it brings up. Like, it, it was super cool. Yeah, I, I don't remember it that well. It came out in a time when a lot of those movies were happening, like, Guy yeah. gets powers, you know, powder, I think. Right, he was even had another one, I think. Yeah. Right around that time. I'm going to actually look it up and see what people thought about yeah, phenomena. Another one that popped in my head was um, what, one, that, one that came to my mind, and also I, I doubt it was critically acclaimed, is I have this like love for The Last Boy Scout with uh, <sighs> Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. Okay. <laughs> this one we could totally talk about. <laughs> <laughs> When, so, when the football player is like bashing through everyone and then just takes out the fucking gun and starts shooting play, like as a kid, like, I don't know, I was probably 12 years old or so. I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, that was very much a film of its time. Yes. Yeah, it was really is. I would say a chauvinist action movie. Yeah, that, I I don't disagree with that at all. He, uh, it was written by Shane Black, who also did all the Lethal Weapons. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, and I, I, you could definitely tell that, like, well, for one, Bruce Willis. There's a, quite a few films where he's just dialing it in. That's definitely one of them. Um, and then Damon <laughs> Wayans was trying his hardest to be Eddie Murphy. I think. I uh, think so too. And yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were going for like a 48 hours kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, exactly, and it it's a lesser film. Although, go watch Forty Eight Hours and just count how many times Nick Nolte calls him the N word in that movie. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like, like I, holy I, shit. I remember working at Blockbuster and and like rem, like this is before all this the woke stuff. Just going, I don't know, are we allowed to show this? Movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like seeing the box come by all the time. I'm like I don't, I don't know. Yeah. This is an N word N word movie. Like a lot. Yeah. But you know, he, he has an he has an arc. 
I guess. <laughs> Uh, I think I think Last Boy Scout is the correct answer. That that's yeah, a really good. Yeah, pull. I think so too. Um, that is not a good movie. No, no. Yeah, and I just looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and people hated it. Oh, really? Great. Jesus. Okay. Well, good. That's the correct answer. Phenomenon. I don't think was very well reviewed either. Sure. Why would just it be? From, it was. I mean, it's terrible. I understand it's terrible, but there's just something. It's very watchable. Yeah, and it wasn't Kira Sedgwick in that. Yes, yes. Kevin Bacon's old lady. She's an oddly attractive, which I like an oddly attractive woman. Yeah, she was a doll in uh, singles. All right, question the fourth, John Brown. What movie character do you best identify with? You watch it and say, that's me. And I think, uh, you know, mostly when I was a little younger, it's something that I'm aware of now, but I I identify with um, Rob from High Fidelity a lot. <laughs> uh, kind of like the, uh, you know, not, you're never, nothing's ever, you're always trying to attain a goal. You're either trying to attain a goal that's unattainable or you don't give anything a shot because you're afraid of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And I think. And then ultimately uh, at the end, you just settle. <laughs> yeah. You just settle. And then, you know, you probably repeat the same steps a few years <laughs> But uh, uh, that's that's really me, funny. You're gonna have to listen like, to my episode oh, next he's week. He's an anti-hero, but he's an every guy. He you know might have a little a little talent. He's got you know some definitely some hard interests, but he will not he won't connect with anyone on those interests because he doesn't believe that anyone's his match in certain things. Yeah, but also right. realizes that he's a shitbag. I don't know. I I love that character. He's a very human character. No, I I identify with that character quite a bit. I think he's always got to be the smartest guy in the room, which puts him kind of at arm's length from the rest of humanity, makes it difficult to to have a relationship with a woman because, you know, you always feel like you're educating them or something. (laughs) Yeah, you're educating them. And then there's a there's a weird thing of like uh, you you meet a like say you meet a, a beautiful woman and and she's smart and sexy and like. And then she actually starts liking you. And then you're like, why would this shit bag like me? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I'm done. I guess she's not that cool. And then it's just a constant cycle of <laughs> pushing pushing women away that are pretty amazing. It is. It's the, the Groucho Marx paradox. Exactly. I, yeah. <laughs> I like that answer a lot. Question the fifth, and I know that you love to cry. I've seen you cry. Yeah, I've oh, seen man. you cry at movies. I've seen you cry at an episode of Firefly. So, <laughs> and I wish that was like a legitimate joke. Um, <laughs> oh, I wasn't joking whatsoever. <laughs> what movie makes you cry always every time you watch it? Sure. Um, I had, like I had to think of something because you're right. Like I, I do. <laughs> I'm a crier. Uh, and I and I do I, even now like oh god especially since I've had a daughter any sort of like father child relationship oh but it it used to be like switched like like I would identify with the child obviously and and the the one movie that I that it just came to my mind immediately um, is that my life movie with uh, Michael Keaton um, oh that? like, it's like I forgot early about 90s, that. He uh, he's dying and he's not going to be in his wife. I think it's Nicole Kidman. Uh, she's pregnant. He's going to die before the kid's born. Starts filming his life. Yep. Um, 
and like I didn't grow up with a dad and I'm just like, holy shit, like people get this. Like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the end, he's like, when he dies, he's on a roll. It's just it's a whole thing, man. Yeah, you're no right now just thinking about it. That is a fucking no, I'm welling up thinking about it. I forgot about that movie. It's really fucking sad. And Michael Keaton is excellent in it. It's been, I don't know, a decade or so since I saw it. And I don't think I'll ever watch it again, but um Yeah. yeah, Well you could do a lot worse than Michael Keaton. For sure. For sure. I mean, the guy's fucking fantastic. And I'm glad he's having a little bit of a renaissance. Oh, me too. Yeah. Although, unfortunately, they're talking about creating uh, a sequel to Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, yeah. Which is such a fucking bad idea. Especially if they're going to have Tim Burton involved. I mean, I used to love Tim Burton. Just leave it be, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah. What's the last thing that he did that was even remotely approachable? I can't. I would say Big Fish. Very nice answer. Yeah. Bonus points. I think that was probably the last movie I saw because I'm a huge fan of that movie. Um, Yeah. And it's one of those movies that I. Every time I watched, I liked it a little bit more, too. I like that. I'm going to jot that down in my notes for extra credit. Question the sixth. This is my favorite question, and and it seems like this is the one that gives most people the the hardest time. Who is your favorite actor, and what is their worst film? Yeah, I'm trying to find... Like, I had a hard time thinking of um, his worst film. I might even, like, type it in now to see what it was that I was thinking of earlier. (laughs) Sam Rockwell... Is probably my favorite actor. He's a dude to me that can. He looks different, and not necessarily because of makeup or anything. Just the way he moves his body in different roles and becomes something different. Um, to me, he's uh, he's a very underappreciated actor. Um, I'll watch anything with him in it. Uh, I absolutely agree. That I love that answer. He. You and I share Galaxy Quest as a love, and I think oh, you yeah. introduced me to that. Yes. And Jesus yeah. Christ, he is so funny in it. Galaxy Quest has lines that he's... I mean, he's the best part of that movie, and that cast is brilliant. Uh, but he has uh, lines in that movie that, <laughs> to me, are like the funniest lines in any movie. Like, I know. Just off, off the cuff line. It's just crazy stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Guy is one of my favorite. I mean, the funniest line in the movie isn't his line, but it's a line about him. (laughs) When Sigourney Weaver's, let's get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. (laughs) One of those things kills Guy. (laughs) That Uh, kills me. Worst movie? I'm just going through here. Uh, It it looks like he was in some movie called G Force, which is an animated gerbil movie. Oh my God. (laughs) I can't imagine that's, that's a pretty good one. Oh my god! And I am not going to make a Richard Gear joke. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through uh, that. I'm sure well, that's the worst one. The worst one I've ever seen probably is he was. Uh, he was still pretty good in it. He was in the um, Charlie Angel, the first Charlie Angels reboot. Oh yeah, uh, what? Ugh, yeah. I know. I have a hard time with that movie because I kind of like it. Right, like wasn't it Bill Murray? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, but I think I like it for the wrong reasons. I don't think <laughs> I understand the right. subtext and nuance that they were trying to to get through. I was more like, look at Cameron Diaz's little tush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. For I sure. don't. Yeah, I don't think I like that film for the right reasons. And it's okay if you can't come up with. A, I mean, we don't like to be negative, anyways. But yeah, I, just, I just I love Sam. Sam like maybe he's like just said, that good. That he does, and I'm just not an animated movie fan much anymore either and he seems like he's done a few of those but 
He's a great um, voice actor. Um, his performance in Moon should be like taught in colleges. <laughs> right? Uh, it's unbelievable. Even um, you know, Iron Man two. Okay, anybody else in that role, like you wouldn't have even noticed. Like, or right. it, you know, it wouldn't have helped the plot. But him, like. It, I thought he wasn't even the villain, and I'm just—I I know think him as the villain of them. Uh, I don't know. I—I—I I, I thought that that might be actually the answer. Iron Man two might be sure. the answer. No, no, but that's my point too. Yeah, like, but know, he's like, still good in it, right? But that is a bad movie. You know what's a fun little movie that he—he's done? Uh, re- well, I'm just looking at it now. It was 2015. But did you did you see this uh, Mr. Right movie? Mr. Right? No, I did not. Yeah, tell me all about it. I, you should check it out. It's um, there's nothing to it much. He's like an assassin. It's sort of a rom com situation. Uh, Anna Kendrick. The, oh, the, I did hear about this. It's uh, it's really charming. It's a it's a cool little movie. All right, John. So I kind of hate to do this to you, but we have to ask sure. again. I didn't write these. Question seven: What film do you find to be the sexiest? See this. I think this is the one I had the toughest time with. You've said that for uh, every question. <laughs> I have said that, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I have a tough time just speaking in general. True. Um, yeah, so, uh, like, when I, I can't think of, like, a movie that I th- thought was super sexy. I will say the, the things that came to mind when I, when I uh, saw this question, um, obviously, like, I don't, I don't know if this, I think you should cancel this as an answer because to me, I don't think anything is sexier than, than Phoebe Cates and fast times, right? Like that. Yep. And no one, no one said it as of yet, but no one said it. Okay. So that, I guess that's my, that's my answer. So Um, the rule is twice. Somebody mentions a movie twice, then, then it's gone. Then it's gone. Yeah. I mean, God, like, I mean, it's, it's comical how sexy that scene is. Like, I mean, obviously that was exactly what it was meant to be is just a right. titillating moment for adolescent boys to come of age. The, think, the car uh, song and just everything oh, about it. Perfect. I get a boner I when I hear that song. Man. I feel like it's a little bit of therapy for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that movie Why though, I get a boner every time I hear Rick Kasich, uh, Rick Ocasek just turns me on. <laughs> Not a good-looking man, and yet married no, Paulina Poroskova. No, Howard Stern-looking motherfucker, but he, <laughs> he owned out. Did you know that Rick Ocasek actually discovered Weezer, like, literally in a garage? No way. No, that I've could, never heard that. That could be an apocryphal thing, but apparently Weezer, uh, Rivers Cuomo, came from a pretty well-to-do family, and they live in the same neighborhood as Rick Ocasek. Yeah. And they were playing in their garage, and he heard them playing, and that's when why he took them on and started producing their music. Oh, that's man, that's awesome. Because I think he produced the first two, maybe three albums. I think. Oh my god! Like I want somebody to write that HBO show. I know that'd be cool. Uh, again, I could be completely lying to our audience about that, but even even if that's uh, not a thing, I'm glad it's out in the universe now. Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so your 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 answer is going to be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm gonna have to have a sub, uh, like a, a little yeah. addendum that I, I it's about her. Think, and like again, it, it's not the overall movie; it's just a scene. And I was trying to remember, like, um, because the question eight, there's a definite movie. Uh, but for this one, like, even like the 
this is going to sound so gross because I'm, you know, over 40 at this point and talking about a, a teen movie. The Goonies, the red hair girl in the Goonies when, you know, yeah. water falling and, you know, even when she, uh, I think she, you know, the kiss scene with her and what's his name? Yeah, I don't know. Something about that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, yeah. things are moving. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, that was intentional. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So wait, is that your answer for question yeah, eight? That'll be, yeah, sure. <laughs> question eight the is, is the what movie, movie do you find uncomfortably sexy and gives you a weird boner? <laughs> and it's the Goonies. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That's fucking fantastic. Number one, Goonies. Number two, nine and a half weeks. There you go. <laughs> Whoa, there's nothing weird about nine and a half weeks. Right. There are no weird boners. Those burn. Those boners are earned. <laughs> I mean, there. Yeah, the the food scene in nine and a half weeks. Oh my god! Bring it on! Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. smear cake all over my face. Oh, even like uh, I mean, Demi Moore had some things. There, there's no like nudity or nothing. I remember uh, it's a terrible movie. It's a very mo- like the movie of its time, like Disclosure with Demi Moore. <laughs> It's a very oh. specific type of movie that was happening at that time. You know, the thing about that movie is there's so much discussion about her panties and like, the, right. and, and the, right. you know what I mean? And there's something yeah. really fucking hot about that. Yeah. There's there, when she, uh, like it, it both like turned me on and grossed me out. Like she like kisses Michael Douglas and like pulls his lip or something. And I wanted to vomit because he just looks like a, like his skin gets pulled back like a fucking skeleton. And it's it's gross. <laughs> I never found, I never saw the Michael Douglas sexy leading man thing. I, I like him. But so the my favorite Michael Douglas moment of him trying to be sexy and maybe he was was in Basic Instinct when he shows up at the club wearing the V neck sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the, some amazing they unintentional don't call it a comedy V-neck for for no reason. Yeah, it was a deep V. <laughs> uh, just a real big v big old oh <laughs> uh, john brown yes, <laughs> question the ninth what film no, you're wait. a funny son of a bitch by the way you're a funny man eighth 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 question well we did uh i did eighth we did yeah eighth was the uncomfortably sexy oh did, I, didn't, I didn't hear you ask me uncomfortable sexy. I, I thought we were still doing seven. Oh, i know but that's because you never stopped talking <laughs> oh shit you're right <laughs> you're fine so I, I need to answer eight though because it's the whole reason i wanted to do this I oh to i thought you said goonies was the answer i'm so confused no the goonies so <laughs> the most uncomfortable sexy for me is actually i'm gonna get you sucker remember this movie the waynes yes oh it's a terrible movie anyway i saw it way too young i think I don't know what that age that was, but I remember being turned on and also extremely confused by there's this scene. I don't know the actress's name, but I think she's a hooker in the movie and she's her and Damon Wayans are about to, or no, Keenan Ivory Wayans are about to have mm-hmm. sex and she starts popping off her wig and, then, <laughs> and it's just a funny moment in the movie. And I'm so confused and she's popping off a leg. She had like a false leg. Oh, I totally <laughs> and he, remember and he's this. Just like, Oh my God, what the fuck? I remember and this I scene. Thought, I thought that's what went, like women had stuff. They just popped off. And I was, it was so confusing to me. And oddly attractive. 
it was the first time like I had kind of seen like, oh, two people are about to have sex. No sex actually occurs. Uh, I'm really but happy that starts, uh, I'm like women must just wear wigs. I'm happy that we took a moment to then, go back. Yeah, oh man, I, I, and right, so I'm cut, I'm cut that whole thing out. No, no, we're good. I'm assuming that <laughs> your answer to ninth is also I'm going to get you suck up, but that's just my guess. Question the ninth. <laughs> what film makes you laugh the most? Yeah. Um, and I have you to thank for this, not because you showed me this film, but uh, a big part of the reason we became friends was um, we would introduce each other to our like favorite things. And I'd never heard of Shaun of the Dead or Spaced or Simon Pegg at that point. Um, and I fucking like it's just changed the way like Edgar Wright changed the way I even look at movies and the way things are shot. Um, but Hot Fuzz to me is I will watch that movie over and over. And I, I laugh so hard every time that. OK, that answer the means of that movie. I, I, I just love it. That answer means a lot to me, actually, because. I feel the exact same way, and I don't think that movie is a... Pre- it's the the finest of the Cornetto trilogy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Me too. It is such a ridiculously well-written movie. Uh, it's, it's so sharp, and it's so, like, the little... I've never... I don't understand how they write. Like, I don't... I, like, I, I, can look at, I can look at a Judd Apatow movie and go, okay, those guys are just having fun. Like they have really brilliant people on the set and not that Edgar Wright and all those guys don't either, but the, the amount that they put into one scene from even background actors, yeah, it's so intentional and so on purpose. And the more you watch it, the more you realize how detailed they are about everything. And it's so funny. So funny. Yeah. I think we talked about Shaun of the Dead on Jesse Kay's episode a couple of weeks ago. And I, I talked about Edgar Wright's ability to set things up in the beginning and, and have them actually pay off. And you don't even realize that he's setting up a joke. Right. Right. And then the joke yep. pays off. And my favorite one in Hot Fuzz is, uh, why don't we just start in the phobe book? I could start with Aaron A. Aronson. And then... <laughs> yeah. And then that little fucker shows up at the end of the movie He's the little ginger kid at the end of the movies, Aaron A. Aronson. (laughs) (laughs) What year's your birthday? Every year. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, February. What? What year? Every year. Every year. Uh, Yeah, Edgar Wright is a just. He's been mentioned on every podcast so far. Hot Fuzz, I think, culturally somehow just kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit, but it's. it is not only like a brilliant comedy, it's a brilliant action film. Like it's fuck. Yeah. This stuff like, Oh my God, the comedy that the physical comedy that Simon Pegg does in that movie with his face, even just his face. Yeah. So good. That fucking scene where he's he's jumping over the fence, uh. (laughs) which is a callback to Shaun of the dead. It is. Yeah. Those, yeah, those those guys do have fun. I I really hope they put together one more film or I don't know, maybe another trilogy. That World's End was fine. Like I, I was fine with it, but yeah, uh, it's not the best. It, I, I, like I don't, I'm not gonna watch it again. I'll I'll watch Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz anytime. Yeah, a hundred percent. Which kind of leads us to question the tenth. John Brown, what film can you watch repeatedly? So I thought a lot about this because, like, I do I. 
love a lot of, I watch a lot of these, like, I don't know, like smaller movies that like might have like a big actor and like, uh, uh, the way, way back, like with Sam Rockwell, um, there's movies like that, that I, I love to kind of like, because they're relationship movies and I like to see, it always goes back to like not having a dad sort of (laughs) (laughs) like movies like that. Or like, even like, uh, I loved a adventure land. Um, but the more and more I thought about it, um, a movie that blew me away. That's a very popular movie. I'm not a big action film guy necessarily, but the born identity to me is a perfect action movie. And I love watching it. It's one of those movies that anytime it's on, I'm going to watch it over and over. Um, I can't get enough of it. It's the first time I saw an action film where there was a fight scene without someone like, I don't know, scaling and jumping across two buildings. I don't know, but it, it was, the, it was just so simple the way they did it. Um, and I don't know. I, I love it. Was that a Doug? Uh, who did, who did the first one? It's not Brian Singer. I get those, these two guys mixed up yeah, all the time. That? What do you think about what happened with the direction? I mean, there's such a huge tone shift between born yeah. identity and then the second film. Yeah, there is. I, um, I did. I like, I liked them. I liked them. But he, here's well, the one thing about the, the very last one with Jeremy Renner. I watched it. I don't remember it at all. No, it's um, not good. Yeah. Doug Lyman. Yeah, okay. Doug Lyman. Um, I remember, I remember uh, everything about the first one and I remember liking two and three and, but nothing really beyond that. Like to me, the first one is just a perfect movie. You don't get a, a I, I enjoy movies where you don't have to have all the answers to it. Like I yeah. never like this thing where we have to do sequels to figure out. I, I like walking away from a movie with my own answers to things. Yeah. The Bourne. I mean, I like what they did with the Bourne concept. I didn't like the second movie as much just because I found like the frenetic directing thing, a little distracting. Uh, yeah. And I think they fine tuned that in the third film and it made it a more watchable experience. And it had yeah. a really nice balance. Cause actually that one's, born supremacy that one's probably my favorite of the whole series i have to watch it again and they did another one just called jason born with matt damon coming back and it was dog shit but yeah yeah after the jeremy renner they did do another one i don't i shouldn't say it's dog shit but it's not it doesn't meet the standard put it that way it's not not as good as i I wouldn't say that i'm a fan like a huge fan of the um uh, you know, of the collection of films, but the first one to me just by itself. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, the, they tempo, did... the tempo, the, uh, you know, there's not a lot of dialogue in it, but the dialogue they use is very, <laughs> the, the, that relationship between uh, Damon and the, whatever that, Fomka, right? No, uh, yeah. Franca potent. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, she, but that relationship where she's just petrified of him, but falling in love at the same time. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's cool. Um, there's a, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you, you, you were disparaging foreigners earlier, but if you, well, that's because I'm a racist, but if you can watch, well, this is German, so you're going to love it. Um, Thomas Tickward did a film called run Lola run. Obviously his follow-up also with her was called the princess and the warrior. And not a lot of people, many people have seen that movie, that sentence didn't really work, but it is really fucking good, man. I, you should check out the princess and the warrior if you have a moment. I have not. Yeah, I will. I'm writing that down. I haven't heard of that one. I have heard of the uh, Run Bullet Run. Oh, Run Bullet Run is. But in, I can't remember if I've seen it. It's an insane movie. Like it's, 
it's almost, I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost just an experimental thing that really worked. Well, I love that answer. Uh, this one's interesting. Um, this is another chance for you to cry. Question the 11th. What film means the most to you? Not because of its quality, but because of a memory that you've associated to it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the hardest one. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> I'm 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 battling here. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Again, dead air is yeah. great for podcasts. It's really good. So hold on, just another thirteen and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I I guess I'm going to say um, uh, the Dark Crystal, um, the Jim Henson movie. Yeah. Uh, I I was uh, I was so like. I was so obsessed with puppets and puppetry <laughs> and uh, Jim Henson, just as a person, as a philosophy, life philosophy when I was younger um, and still am a bit uh, that when I first saw that movie um, and, and I saw it not realizing it was uh, a Jim Henson production really, because I was so young. Um, I, you know, obsessed over Fraggle Rock uh, and, and the Muppets. Um, but that movie, it, it, it started opening my mind to like, I don't know, like imagination and me being creative. And um, just like, I remember watching it and it's a completely different world. They painted a completely different world and I uh, didn't see anything weird about it. It was just very believable. And uh, you know, when I watch it as an adult, like some <laughs> dialogue and it makes me laugh, but it's still, I think it holds up great. Like it's, it's a beautiful movie. I like the world building aspect of it obviously is like amazing. Like yeah. It's Tolkienish in a way, but it's also like clearly on in another world. It's not based in England, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, Tolkien, yeah. You can there's always something you kind of go back to with Tolkien where he's like, "Oh, he's saying this here. He's saying this here." With that movie, you know, I know that they go they're talking a lot about kind of what Tolkien was talking about as far as just like, you know, I don't know, uh, keeping things beautiful and whatever, like love and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> but there isn't like, it's almost um, in like a really comforting way. It's unrecognizable. Uh, some of the, yeah. the, the connections they were trying to make. It, it's just so unique. And it was the first thing I saw that I was like, that is like a completely unique idea that I, I never knew existed. Um, it was cool. Did you enjoy the series or did you watch the series? I watched the series. I, I didn't finish it. it. It was one of those things where like, uh, like I didn't need more, <laughs> you know, it, it's yep. beautiful. Like it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's astounding. Um, yeah. Uh, but it didn't, it, it, it couldn't carry it for me. I don't know. I, I didn't have like an emotional connection to it. I think that's exactly what happened to me. I thought the I thought it was fabulous to look at but i think too much time had passed yeah that, my emotional yeah, connection point. wasn't there anymore right and it just yeah. it seemed forced to me but also incredibly well done like they put a lot into that right yeah yeah no. and i think that that's that's one thing that uh that is a big problem with with it's not a, it's, actually it's not a huge problem anymore because there are more wonderful things coming out, wonderful content coming out than ever before. But these things that they're just remaking, like they're trying, you can't build nostalgia. Like 
yeah. it, it exists because of something in the past. And like to say you're going to make something because people will have a nostalgic reaction to it. I, I think it does the exact opposite. Like when I hear something's coming out, I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm like, oh, fuck. I don't think they realize how cynical that really is. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I fall for it sometimes, obviously. You know, like oh, sure, me too. me too. I mean, Top Gun Maverick. Well, Top Gun. Let's, I mean, let's face it. Top Gun's probably done it the best of anybody. Um, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, we we're going to mention Tom Cruise always on this. Sure. Well, we started with Legend. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy, this has been great. Question of the twelfth, John Brown. Should you be deemed worthy and you're allowed to ascend? You're allowed to bring one movie with you because you get to host your own movie night. What film would you like to take to show the rest of the chosen? Two films came to mind with this one. The the one that I'm going to say I think might be the best movie I've I've ever seen, and I don't always want to watch it, but I, when I do, I'm surprised by how funny it is. Uh, I'm surprised by just like how uh, how much how relevant it is right now. Uh, but Children of Men to me <laughs> might be the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> And I would want to share that on movie night. Yeah. That's fascinating. You're really going to enjoy my podcast, my my episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I um I was sitting at my local deli as I do, and this young gal, she was probably like 25, 26, something like that. Um, she noticed me working on my computer, and I was dealing with movies and the podcast and everything. So we got to chat, and she was like, "Well, what is your favorite movie of all time?" And like my knee jerk response is always like, oh, I just say Goodfellas or, you know, and then I thought about it for like 30 seconds and I was literally like, it's children of men. I think it's it's the best fucking movie ever made. (laughs) It's so good. Like I am. It's got it's got everything in it. Like, again, like I I, when I hadn't seen it in, in in a while, I think I just watched it just a few months back and I was going into it going, I know I love this movie. And then I watched it. I could not believe how much I was laughing at it. It's, yeah. It's so weird how funny that movie is. There's a weird charm to it that, yeah. thank God, because the... It's the, so heavy. It is yeah. so heavy. But it's like, also... That's, I, that's how I felt, like, going into, like, wanting to watch, like, bring it up again. I'm like, I don't know if I can, if I want to sit through this just with everything's heavy right now in my life. And, like, I watch it and I, and I come out completely renewed <laughs> it's like this is that was exactly what i needed to watch it has an amazing i don't you know we can do spoilers on this podcast but children of men i would never spoil because yeah. you just that that film you yeah, need yeah. to watch yeah if you've never seen it i will just say though that it leaves you with a sense of hope that is so palpable <laughs> um yeah. and and it sacrifice is. and real like there's a realness to it that you're like that isn't just like that was a dynamic of enough of a situation where people were like, Oh, they just had to exhale. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam is in that movie as the white, um, you know, sons. He's my least favorite actor. If, if we ever have that question, who's your least favorite actor? It'll be Charlie Hunnam. Oh yeah. that guy. <laughs> Sons of anarchy. Movies? Oh, I guess he did that. Never mind. He did that like a uh, South American, uh, uh, the city of Zed. Yeah, yeah, actually, a, 
I like that fucking. It's not a bad movie. He's actually really good in it, to be quite frank. It's, um, but then I tried. I tried. I couldn't even get through maybe like the first ten minutes of that King Arthur. Maybe he did. Oh Jesus! It's a dog shit. Yeah. (laughs) But speaking. Oh, funny. uh, Funny enough, which it's not great. That's another movie I I, I watch from time to time. Uh, King Arthur with Clive Owen. (laughs) Oh, the Clive Owen one. I don't think it's horrible. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it's a the director's cut is actually I think a, a worthy film. Yeah, the the and what what carries that film is just the group of guys they got to to be um his gang, you know, his his gang. They that those actors are great actors. My problem with it and then we we can get off Charlie Hunnam and Clive Owen, but although who wants to? <laughs> the, <laughs> my problem with it really is that I don't understand this conceit where everyone wants to remove the magic from King Arthur. And they keep making these films that are like, well, let's do a gritty, non-magical King Arthur. And I'm like, or... That is the story of King Arthur. Yeah, just do King Arthur. It's okay to have the magic. Well, I think that one started that. Like, that kind of started the... It was like, I do remember, like, when it was coming out, I was like, oh, they're going to kind of go with, like, a Roman feel to it. I get it. Okay, cool. Well, no, there was a, a first. What was the one with Sean Connery and Richard Gere? Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. Where they removed right. the magic from it, right? First night was that? Was first, first night? night. Oh, good. Boy, that, that's yeah, a, Richard Gere to bring it around oh, to the the gerbil movie. Yep, yeah, that's a stinker. That's a bad movie. <laughs> it was real bad. Oh, <laughs> real bad. what do you? I don't include a question asking people what their least favorite film is. But since we have a couple of minutes, and you're yeah, uh, yeah. about to be judged. Sure. Do you have like a what do you think is the worst fucking movie you've ever seen, and why is it duets? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you you because I have like a little bit of uh, compassion for that movie because of my love of karaoke. Uh, <laughs> dog shit. God, it's um, fucking. I can watch duets and uh, and and make it through almost all of it, so I won't I won't pick that one. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that it's got to, you know, something like that. When you think of the worst movie, there's been many movies I've started. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get through this at all. Um, well, let me explain why I think duets is the worst film of all time. And yeah. then you can come back. You'll This will give you a moment. Duet. It's ostensibly supposed to be kind of a sweet father daughter plus sort of rom com lighthearted. Oh, there's a fucking that movie. And then at the end. The guy just gets fucking murdered on stage in a huge tonal shift. (laughs) The black guy, yeah. I mean, I'm like, wait, what just fucking happened? (laughs) And Paul Giamatti's great in it. He Uh, is good. Huey Lewis is good in it. His little Kermit singing, Kermit voice, and he's singing. I I mean, he was yeah. He could carry a tune. It was fun. But yes, somehow. Along the way, they just decided, also, this guy's going to get killed on stage yeah. at a karaoke bar. <laughs> oh, and, it, and to me, honestly, the one of the worst actors I think I've ever seen is the one of the main guys in it. He's the dude that kind of drives the story a little bit. That's the taxi driver, young guy. He was also in the, um, oh, what is yeah. the Kate Beckinsale vampire movie? Oh, the... <laughs> Underworld, Underworld, thing, where he's he's like a yeah he's a like werewolf vampire mix or something. Um, I don't <laughs> yeah, know his Scott, name. I'll Scott never know Speedman. His name. He's got he's got to be one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Yeah, Scott Speedman. He didn't stick around long. 
he was a flavor no. of the month for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I think duets to me it kind of reminded me of like uh, I don't know. There was there was like a, a feel of like those. I like those like Burt Reynolds movie. You know, uh, it just had that like drive across America and wacky things happen sort of feel to it. Yeah. Well, they they I don't know. I could <laughs> somewhere. I don't suggest anyone on this that's listening. No, God, no. Um, actually, you need to watch it just to see what a true train crash looks like. But, like, yeah, that was a weird vibe in that movie. Real yeah. weird. And also, weird it was written by Gwyneth Paltrow's dad. Actress. Very weird character in that movie. Gwyneth Paltrow's dad produced the movie, I think. It was Bruce oh, Paltrow. That even makes it worse. You're right now. That is the worst movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll accept it. John Brown, you have been found worthy. Enjoy your time in heaven. Enjoy children of men that you might get to see it again. That one's going to get retired pretty soon. And uh, <laughs> it's so good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm sure we're going to do this again in the future. And um, I'm looking forward to hear from Cousin Bobby at some point. Maybe maybe a voicemail. Maybe a you little. You know what? Yeah, he told me he was going to call in. I, would sh- I worry about that kid. Hey, buddy, I love you. Have a good death. Love you too, man. Hit it. I'm not gay, you see. There's this actor who does for me If I met him What should I bring Oh I think I'd let him Do just about Anything We could play Spy games with my 12 monkeys Legends of the volume Fucking hunky If I ever got to meet Joe Black Do you think he'd be good in the sack I do He was with Jennifer Anderson, maybe a kid on the way. Just for a second, could we both be gay? I'd hold his hand, I'd give him great big hugs. Oh, we could start more than our own fight club. And just play spy games with my 12 monkeys Let him the ball, he was fucking hunky If I ever got to meet Joe Black Do you think he'd be good in the sack? I do I do He could be my sinbad Till the day I die Swim in my ocean Vacation for seven years in Tibet. Oh my god, Brad Pitt, you really make me sweat. When we play spy games with my 12 monkeys, lend the volume, fucking monkey. If I ever got to meet Joe Black, do you think he'd be good in the sack? <laughs>